The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. For those of you, this is your first time here. Uh, I am not Pastor Mark. He is the lead pastor here, and I am privileged to serve along with him. He and Beth are readjusting to the new addition to their home uh, in the name of little Hannah. And so uh, make sure you keep them in your prayers uh, as that takes place. And so uh, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be all over the place today, but that's okay too. Um, And also too, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, engage the Holy Spirit who's right there with you. He's right there in your presence. If you're here this morning and you have a need, you have a heavy heart, you have just a thing that you know about. Nobody else knows about it but you and God. I want to pray for you right now. I thank Mike for praying for uh, the family that uh, lost their overseer through the, as a first responder. But I also want to bring it here personally to us. I want you to be bold enough to stand right where you are. If you have a prayer need, you'd like to lay at the foot of the altar this morning. Just stand right where you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right where you are. If you have a need, nobody knows that need but you and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to just pray for you. One thing about prayers, and we are a praying, praising, and proclaiming church. When prayers go up, God always answers. He always answers. And it's those answers that become our testimony. I'm going to say it one more time. If you have a prayer need and you know you have a prayer need, and thank you, Holy Spirit, I want you to just stand right where you are. There's nothing magical about what I do. I'm just praying. We're going to touch his heart this morning by faith, by faith. If you feel you need to stand, that's fine, even as I begin to pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are the God who hears, that you are Jehovah Jireh, that not only hears, but you also provide. You know the heaviness and the need, the desire on each heart standing before you right now, Lord. Standing by the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, not by any fleshly motive. But Lord, we thank you that you hear those prayers, that those prayers are coming up as an aroma unto you. Father, we need you. We cannot do this alone. So we invite you to touch each heart standing here, Lord God. Father, burn a testimony in each of those standing as you visit visit them with a response to what they lay before you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Uh, Anytime you feel like uh, you want to give testimony for what God has done regarding that prayer you raised up, uh, feel free to let us know. We want to know. Testimonies are encouraging. How many of you appreciate the people sitting next to you? Seven people? (laughs) Okay, let's go to the Lord real quick here. Genesis chapter 1. This morning's title, the title of this message, and it's the theme that's running through Ephesians. It's a theme that's running through all of the books of the Bible, but primarily uh, we are called to be Christ-like. And so uh, I just labeled it the seed of Christ, of which we are. We are seed of Christ. Let's read in Genesis chapter 1, and let's start in verse, uh, uh, what does it say up there? 21, 21? okay, we'll start there. I was going to start in 22, but 
pay no attention to what I say. Let's go by what's up there. Here we go. 21. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw it was good. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So if you look at this passage, and we're going to shift in a little bit here, if you look at this pastor, we see that uh, in the earlier verses there, starting in 21, everything was created after what? Is there anybody in here this morning? Everything was created by what? Its own kind. There's a theme of God in creation, creating things after its own kind. And then he gets down to verse 26, and we see that God is creating man, how? In his image. But how? According to his likeness, in his image, but according to his likeness, we're the only piece of creation that bears that. So that that theme also impacts us. We are supposed to create. We are supposed to be fruitful. We are supposed to multiply how? After our own kind. Now, in order to get there, you have to understand that we were born by God, created by God from his image and according to his likeness. So we should be, just for a short word, Christ-like. Amen? And so when you look at the fact that we are of, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and he knows you, you are of the seed. Uh, um, Quickly turn to Genesis chapter um, 3 and verse 16, and we'll see that there's an element in that seed, and most of you, how many of you all knew that you were of the seed? Okay, six people, that's fine. That's why we do this thing on Sunday morning, so you can know everybody in here is of a seed, both physically and spiritually. And let me narrow this down to believers. You're either born of Christ or you're born of Satan. Either the holy God, God Almighty himself is your father, or Satan is your father. Those are the two categories. Now, uh, did we get to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16? We will note something about seed here. Um, maybe I should get there too. Genesis 3, 16 to the, um, I'm sorry, let's go back up to... Uh, okay, so let's go up to verse 14. Did I say 16? Let's go to 14. And the Lord God said to the serpent, <clears throat> Serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle 
and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. Is anybody tracking with that now? You have to understand that there are two seeds, the seed of the most holy and the seed of the serpent. You get to determine which seed you are. If you belong to him, and I don't mean if you pretend like you belong to him because you come to church and you're under that banner that says, I'm a Christian. No, no, if you belong to him, his seed has manifestations. So if you truly belong to him, if you, you know, you've never seen, I promise you, you've never seen a peach tree planted and apples come out on it. Unless man's messing with it somehow. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. And so man can't improve on creation. If you plant peaches, you get peaches. You plant apples, you get apples. If you plant believers, you get believers. If you plant true disciples, you get true disciples. And so we see that those two seeds exist, don't you? Turn quickly to Galatians chapter 3, Galatians, over the New Testament. We're going to lay down a little foundation here, and then we're going to move up from there a little bit, because this call to being fruitful and multiplying applies to us here at the King's Chapel. It applies to the body of Christ, but it applies to us here at the King's Chapel that we are called to do something by God. How many of you will realize it's important? It is important. It is important when God commands you to do something that you do it. Has God commanded us that? <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's not only important, but if you don't, it will not go well with you. It's important that when God says something that we listen, not only do we listen, but that we respond, that we obey to what we hear. Uh, uh, Galatians chapter 3. Verse 16, look at the principle here. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed, singular, seed, Abraham's seed. He does not say unto the seeds, meaning offspring, if you will, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed, who is whom? Christ. Christ is the seed. Christ is the seed. Turn to your neighbor and say, Christ is the seed. Because some of you don't need to get out of here this morning until you come to know him. And again, you're going to have to eliminate all of the stuff you thought in your head. It's not whether you know him, it's whether he knows you. Because he's the one that has the role. And when he makes the role call, he'll either call your name or he won't call your name. And so, and so, if Christ is the seed, then he's speaking to us in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28 be fruitful and do what? Multiply. Note what doesn't happen. It's not reverse order. It's not multiply and be fruitful. Somehow, some churches have gotten confused about that process. What does God want to do? He wants us to be fruitful. Well, there can be no fruit done unless we're in the John uh, chapter 15. Just write this down. We won't go there. I tell you, I got a million scriptures in my head and my heart. And I'm going to tell you probably 999, whatever that is. And anyway, nonetheless, John 15 will tell you about a fruit vine relationship. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Don't tell me you belong to him and there's no fruit. In fact, he didn't create you to bear fruit. He created us to bear much fruit. 
there's much fruit that he expects. And when God plants something, does he expect a return? Yeah, uh, write this down just so you can refer to it later on so that you understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about trees and seeds right now. I'm talking about the word of God. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. He says, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. For which I sent it. I'm going to ask you all to be very raw and open and, and, and plain before all of God right now. How many of you all believe you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ but you aren't bearing fruit. The fruit you should. I know that's a little testy. Okay, all right. See, there's a difference. Yeah, you're, you're bearing some fruit, and that's a good thing. And I thank God for the, the transparency to raise those hands. But let me say this. Uh, um, uh, God doesn't have fruit inspectors. He doesn't. Many people, Christians, try to be fruit inspectors. Mm, yeah, yeah. But he said we're fruit bearers. We're called to bear fruit. And that is contained, listen, brothers and sisters, in the seed. Now, where are my botanists? Do we have any biology people here? Okay, anyway, I'm going to throw this out so you don't know whether I'm telling you the truth or not. you got to go Google it and look it up. All right, so, so, and if I get it wrong, I, someone will certainly let me know. All right, so, so all seeds have these three elements to it. All seeds have this. One is the seed cover. The other is the uh, endosperm, if you will, of the seed, which is just kind of like a, I'll say an umbilical cord where the, the, the nutrition and, 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 and uh, nutrients for the seed comes through that. And then, uh, what's the final one? Who is that? that? Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, so, so we'll call it embryo just because it fits the acrostic, thank you, sir, Acrostic S-E-E. -E. We have the seed cover, the endosperm, and the embryo. It's all contained in the seed. All seeds have that if you were born. And, and we look at the spiritual nature because Romans tells us, I hope you retract with me, Romans tells us that what we can know about God, we can know by what he's created. We can look at creation. That's why we don't have an excuse. That's why we don't have an excuse. No one in here can tell me why bass eggs don't spawn on trout eggs. But God. Yeah, yeah. He, he built that into everything he created. And so his seed is built to produce. Now the seed covering protects the seed, the embryo, if you will, while it's trying to develop and get on its seed, uh, get on its feet rather. If you look at this, the word of God also known as whom? Yeah, don't be afraid. I just told you. We just read it. I didn't even tell you. It's read it. It's right there in Galatians chapter 3. Yeah, the word of God, also known as Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, oh my Lord. We in church. We can say that name. I'll say it one more time. The word of God, also known as Jesus, is our seed. We are born of Christ. We should be, if you are, fruitful and multiplying. Now, what does that look like? Uh, and I'm glad you asked that. Let's quickly go over to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to teach and preach a little bit because, church, I don't know about you all, but I am sick and tired of seeing false Christians. We are living in a time now when the darkness is so great, the darkness is so heavy. How many of you all can feel the thickness of the darkness that the land, in the land we live in? Can feel it? Yes, evil and wickedness is running rampant. And so is God just sitting back with his hands folded? No. He had missed a beat. 
Oh, he holds everything right in his hand. He orchestrates. He knows how this whole thing goes. And the only way that you all can know and that you can see the darkness, oh, Lord, the only way you can know and see the darkness, those of you who responded and said, there is a ton of darkness, lots of darkness, the only way you can see the darkness is that the light has to be greater. If I was preaching, that would have been hallelujah right there or amen or something. Something. My goodness. Listen. Listen. So God is revealing the light so we can see the darkness. you got to choose whether you're going to live in the darkness or live from the light. Walk as children of light. Some of you, if truth be known, we wouldn't even recognize your household as belonging to Christ. Now, I'm not meddling. Come on. This is just basic mail right here. And I don't know anything about your homes. I'm just saying the Holy Spirit knows about it. Everything you want to know about human nature is right here in this, right here. Why? Because he created us. Who but God would know how we function. He knows what jacked up looks like, even if we get it confused sometimes. How many of you have said some things or done some things that you know were not right, but your arrogance says, no, you're not jacked up. Two people, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, even in that, we can pretend, right? Yeah, if it's me, it's me. Yeah, and so, and so. Let's quickly travel over. So you understand, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to understand this process of being fruitful and multiplying. Because the pastors that stand here on Sunday morning are not just trying to bring you a delightful word. We're not. You don't put yeast in rolls and, and, they, and, and, and then they don't rise overnight. I don't know where that came from, but that's just it's a good idea. <laughs> I just saw this big Texas roadhouse roll. Just, anyway, it just resonated. Oh, it resonated with you. Okay, yeah, okay. Anyway, anyway, so the yeast is the word of God. If you ain't rising, there's a problem. Because that's divine yeast. Uh, in a better description of that, we can find it in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The word of God is active and it's alive. Shop it in any two-edged sword. You've been there. You've read it. You know what it is. If the word of God is active and alive, how in the world can we come here Sunday to Sunday and not change Monday through Saturday? How can we not be fruitful and multiply Monday through Saturday? We can pretend well on Sunday morning, but don't you get tired of don't you grow weary? I said this a million times, but I'll say it again. If you bought a pair of Air Jordans, which probably cost around, oh, don't act like y'all don't know what a pair of Air Jordans cost about a grand, I would imagine, somewhere in the neighborhood between six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Anyway, anyway, I don't know that. I'm just, I've heard it, and, and you can Google it. But if you buy a pair of those and you get them home and they just fall all apart, you'll have a problem with those sneakers. You're going to have a problem with the store they came from. You're going to have a problem with the person that sold them to you because they didn't hold up. They are like what I used to get. You all remember? No, no. I can tell by the age of this crowd. You, don't, you all know what May Pops are? You had a, who, said, who said yep? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, brother. Yeah, May Pops. We used to get them back in the day. Oh, we used to get them back in the day. Brand spanking new sneakers, and you paid probably $2 for them. They may pop any minute. They may, they may pop. We call them May Pops because they just didn't last that long. 
You want the real deal when it comes to being a believer. In fact, I don't even want us fellowshipping with people who ain't being real. You ought not want it either because you're getting something that's not legit. Anytime you see from your leadership that we ain't being real, can I say ain't in here? If we ain't being real, then you need to call us on the carpet. And at the same point in time, we've got to call you on the carpet as well. We're not interested in just going through a study for 13 weeks. We're not interested in just going through a, 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 a Bible study book. And, and, and those things are great. But listen, I would rather you learn one verse and let it live you than know where all the books of the Bible are and all of the verses neatly tucked away, recite them and all of that. That's wonderful. But when you let a verse read you, it will feed multitudes. It will. When a verse transforms you, it will cause others to come and eat from your tree. Jesus says, I'll make you fishes of men. And when I tried to do something with that and understand what he meant by that, because he doesn't just want men's hearts. He's not interested in converts. That's not what the blood of Christ was about. No, he's interested in true disciples. And so here's what, what, once you become caught, if, if the gospel caught your heart as someone fished you out of darkness, you know what he plans to do with you? He plans to clean you up. And what happens after you clean them up? Does anybody in the fish? Anyway, anyway, he cleans you up and then he fillets you. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to know what that answer was right there. Obviously, it wasn't fillet. Okay, yeah, he fillets you. Listen, listen. What happens after you fillet a fish? Well, you don't eat it right if you got to cook it first. Yeah, that's the process of preparing it to be a meal for somebody who will come and ask you, what is the reason for the hope that is in you? Because you've been filleted as a meal for others. And that's what this whole process of being fruitful and multiplying is all about. Did you get to Ephesians chapter 4? I don't even know why I looked at my watch, but we're going to shoot for that. Okay, listen, 411, let's go there real quickly. So let's look at this process of being fruitful and multiplying because this, brothers and sisters, this is where the King's Chapel comes in. This is what you're being held accountable for. We're not, again, just interested in you attending on Sunday morning, and we're glad you're here. But it's got to be more to Christ than just that. Amen? Right? That's got to happen in Walmart. It's got to happen in, 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 in wherever you go. Because it's Christ. You want to address the darkness? Be Christ-like wherever you are. Be Christ-like in your office. Instead of, letting them, instead of letting them cuss you out for having the Christian music too loud, did I say cuss? I guess you can say that in here. No, 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 no. no. Have it be undeniable that you have mercy, that you have compassion. Let them see that. You know, a good whiff, a good smell of mercy is whew, grace. Some of you struggle giving grace in your own homes, in your own relationship. <laughs> How many of you all have ever said or done something at home that just wasn't right? Just was not right. And you actually said that to someone you love. Just wasn't right. Just wasn't right. Oh, think about grace and mercy. 
Yes, think about grace and mercy. Because that's what he measured out to us. I remember I just had a, a big time when I was a young believer. I mean, I was spanking brand new. I'd just fallen off of the salvation truck. And I told my whole family they were going to go to hell if they didn't know Jesus. Anybody been a young believer and you just realize you have arrived? I couldn't even spell Jesus all the way, but I knew. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as over time, you grow, you become fruitful, and it gets multiplied. Listen, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers is one office functioning as pastors or shepherds, if you will, who teach. Shepherds who teach. Shepherds who teach. It's not five offices. It's just one office. Shepherds who teach. So you've got a person has the ability to teach, but they have a caring and a shepherding heart. They care about you. And fully knowing that, listen, this is the home one here. If you don't get anything else today, shepherds just can't pat you on the back and say it's going to be okay. That's part of it. But the shepherd that's really caring from you is going to give you the word of God. Not only give it to you in word, audibly, but going to give it to you in deed as well. Which is one of the reasons I love for my wife to be around when I'm preaching and teaching. Because if, it ain't fly, if, if, <laughs> if it's not flying right at home, I had to hear about that all the way back home in the car. I can't come in here and just tell you anything. Right? And I don't want to. Listen, my life was changed by the word of God. I know truth works. No one in, here, in this room here can tell me that it doesn't. And if you endeavor, if you just dare to live it, love, unconditional love is a powerful thing. Let me tell you what's more, even more powerful. Forgiveness. Powerful. Powerful. It'll free you up. Some of you have been bound so long because you've been harboring unforgiveness for so long. You, you have changed. You've allowed the unforgiveness to change you as opposed to Christ changing you. But nonetheless, he put gifts in the church. I'm one of them. Pastor Mark, all of the pastors here, were gifts just set in the church. Well, let's look at what the role is. What do we do? Now, this is all about being fruitful and multiplying, which is where who comes in? The king of chat, the king's chapel, disciples, believers. Those of you here who, who bear the name of Jesus Christ, here's where you come in. Verse 12, he gave gifts in verse 11. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Ooh, mouthful just for this. Listen to me real quickly. For the equipping of the saints. I'll just say it's in a broad brush way. You all are. Amen. Amen. Only believers can say that. If you are here and you're not a believer, then you are a sinner. But there are only again two categories. Sinners, saints. God calls us saints once we truly know Jesus. And if that's the case, Saints have to be equipped. That word equip is found out of the, the activity that we see when Jesus came upon the fishermen and they were doing what to their nets? Yes, they were, they were because we don't have much time for you all to figure that answer out, but they were mending nets. They had been out fishing and whenever you go out fishing, you come back, uh, the, the hull can destroy the net. Well, it's the same principle here. Net. See yourself as a net because you're catching fish. See yourself as a net. Let me ask you this. 
if you see yourself as a net, is it possible that you might need mending as well? You think, is, it, is there a possibility? You know, uh, <laughs> my wife will sometimes tell me that she told me something, and then I would say, no. And she said, well, I know I did. She said, no. She said, well, I know I did. I said, well, is it possible that you could not have, so, have told me? And she said, no, it's impossible that I could not have told you. <laughs> so, so we have that little game going on. But, 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 but nonetheless, if you're here and you are net, you see yourself as needing to be equipped, if you will. You get equipped from the word of God. That's what the gifts in verse 11 is doing. It's taking the word of God and making it known to you so that you can actually live the word of God. That's how you get mended. Some of you need to let those wounds go to scars. You're holding on to wounds. And when you got wounds and you're trying to be Christ-like, you're just bleeding all over everybody. He did not have any blood flowing from his hands when he showed them to Thomas. Did he? Sorry, I get a little worked up over this. No, he did not. Why? Because he says he had touched the scars in my hands. Put your hand here where the prints were. So you got to let those wounds go to scars so you can let the scars minister where Jesus has mended you by his word. Are y'all hearing me in here this morning? I know I'm telling the truth. I can feel it in the spirit of this place. Some of you are wounded. And this process of uh, uh, being fruitful and multiplying, if you're not careful, when you're wounded, you will only be fruitful and produce more wounds and produce other wounded people. Somebody's got to be healed. Say amen if you hear what I'm talking about this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's okay because Jesus, according to 1 Peter chapter 2 and 24, he says, by his stripes, we are going to be? Ah! Ah! And the difference between that is the trust and belief you have in the fact that he's already healed you. The greatest wound that you had was the wound of not knowing him. If you know him, that wound takes care of all of the rest of the stuff you're going through. In this world, you will have tribulations. That's what he said in John 16, 33. In this world, you will have tri tribulations, but take courage. What did he tell us? This is hallelujah stuff I'm about to say right here. He says, I have already overcome the world. Every problem we got sitting in here comes from the world. And that world being not so much the world system, but it's our flesh entangled in the world. How many of you all get uh, entangled sometimes in worldly stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at your bank account too many times and it says the same, time, same thing every time you look at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, well. He wants to free us up from that. Anyway, anyway, equipped for the saints. What are the saints? For the work of service. Don't turn to it, but write it down. It's worth reading every day. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse uh, 6 says that, that they got the wall built. Oof. They got the wall built because the people had a mind to do the work. My goodness. This is, is this bothering anybody else other than me? Okay, okay, okay. We're not going to let it bother us. Listen, listen, listen. Do you have a mind to do the work of the service within here? I don't want you to go to Walmart if you're not right in here. There's somebody in here right now today that could use a drink of water, which is just a little word of encouragement. But what do we do? We come in, we go out. We don't know who's got what. Sometimes some people, if you look at them spiritually, you're, they're just like a pimple. 
Okay, I can give another analogy. Let me just think of one that's about to pop. Anybody been there? Yeah, 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 yeah. And all you got to do is stand still long enough to minister to them. If you've been ministered to, it should be a natural flow from you to them to do the work of service. It's not Pastor Mark's responsibility to do all the work of service, his responsibility, my responsibility, Pastor Mike's responsibility, all of the pastors, to equip you. If we're not equipping you, then come to us and say, hey, listen, I'm not equipped to minister to others. I'm not equipped to minister to others. Enough of this already. Oh, please, Gary. All right, is this on? There it is. Listen, listen. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. This body has to grow. If we are not ministering to one another, we are not going to grow. I don't care if we have every seat in here filled up. That does not mean that we are, oh, you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Oh, okay, okay. All right, that does not mean we're growing. Numerically we are, but you've got to remember, there were hundreds upon hundreds of people around Jesus, and one woman fought through the crowd to touch him. And Jesus says, who touched me? I'm not overwhelmed by the fact of how many chairs are filled and how many chairs aren't. It's not what's in the chair, it's what's in the heart of those sitting in the chair. Because you can have three people in here and have church. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. Not just be in a building on Sunday morning where we all look good. In fact, let me just say this, you are a fine looking group. You are. But Jesus has to take us past that. Because if people knew what really was going on in our world, they go, oh my God. Don't get quiet on me. To the building up of the body of Christ, we must grow until we all attain to the, there's a word there, it's worth underlying, unity. Unity is what Jesus prayed for in John 17. Father, that they may be one. Oh, let me just tell you something about unity and oneness. I don't talk about it, I live it. You live oneness. We get to see and it's manifested here in the local body, but when you think of the full, the universal body of Christ, we can go to various international soils and we can do the same thing in Jesus right here on domestic soil. But get, let me just say something about the body of Christ. There is a oneness in Africa. There's a oneness in Portugal. There's a oneness in Europe. There's a oneness anywhere you go where the body of Christ exists. And if you learn to just practice that oneness right in here, it doesn't matter where you go. Because they're out there. They're also in here. We have to be more specifically concerned with the ones in here because this is the local church that, that is being raised to glorify God first and foremost, and then to go out and love others. Be intentional about loving somebody else. You're not intentional when you're not loved yourself. You got nothing to give if you not love yourself. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Matthew 28, 37, 22, 37. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. You, you're not engaging people if you're not loving yourself. 
with unconditional love. Now, I'm not talking about make them live to your standard because you're not the standard. How many of you all realize you're not the standard? How many of you have your wives told you you're not the standard? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, thank God we got a standard. Love people. Love yourself. As you're loving yourself with the word of God, love others. And that's, again, our responsibility to give you the word of God so that we can be as one. I long for the day that when you come next Sunday, somebody is sitting in your seat. And you have to go and sit next to somebody. You have no idea. They don't look right. They don't talk right. They don't, not like the people that normally sit next to me. Now your world's just in a shambles. Oh, I love when that happens. I just love when that happens. Yes, because that's our chance to love unconditionally. And when you go in and you sit in that seat that, nobody, that you don't normally sit in, don't just sit there and look straight ahead and be petrified. Lord, they may say something to me. Engage them for God's sake. They have just as much to say to you as you do to them. If you don't believe me, watch what happens the next time uh, uh, Pastor Mike tells you to stand up and greet somebody. Yeah. We don't need permission to do that. We just got, I mean, just let love flow. How many? That is just too personal. I'm not going to ask. Um, well, yeah, I am going to ask. Do you remember your first date? Okay. <laughs> Some people are laughing already. I'm not going to go there. All right, so, so let's look at verse 13. Until, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unity, knowledge of. Unity, knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man, to mean what we're being complete in Christ. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Yes, uh, uh, turn to Romans 8.29 real quick, just so you understand what he, uh, Paul is telling us here in Ephesians. Romans 8.29. 8.29. Say amen when you get there. All right, Romans 8.29 says this. Just so you know what the goal is, this fruitful and multiplication goal, here's the charge. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Remember when we read in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God said, let us make man how? In our image. Jesus is the representative of that image of whom we are to be of and be like. And so if that's the goal, I'm going to end in here. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And don't you think for one moment that I preached everything I have on this one little piece of paper today, because I did not. We just have to make way for the next service. It would be well for some of you all to come back. Anyway, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply we just saw the process of that in Ephesians chapter 4. I pray that you will embrace that and that you will hit the ground running as those members of the King's Chapel. I can't tell those who don't belong to this church family, I'm glad you're here. But if you belong to this church family, you should hit the ground running with being fruitful and multiplying 
loving across these aisles, loving across these chairs, taking Christ to a heart that needs it. Because you got to start in Genesis to understand what the New Testament is all about. Where are we going? What's this all about? He says, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. That's a process. And then the next thing he did, he said, fill the earth. And fill the earth. In this fruitful and multiplication process, we're supposed to be producing more light and soul for this earth, for our realm, for our sphere, for our home, wherever that is. He says, and fill the earth. Then he goes further and he says for us to subdue the earth. As a believer, darkness should not be walking over you. Darkness should not be creating fear in you. To subdue this earth, you have to walk in Christ. And he has already imparted the authority in each of us who belong to him. To stand on darkness as light. Subdue the earth. Make the earth. Right now, the earth is not doing what God called it to do because of something that took place with a tree a few thousand years ago. And ever since then, this land has known evil and wickedness. In fact, some of us have been a part of that. I know I look wonderful, but I was an evil, wicked man. I ain't proud of it. But guess what? <laughs> I got some folks in here in the same way. That doesn't make me happy. I mean, that's not, I don't get a whole pass. But because of that, we have the authority from God Almighty himself to be light and salt and explode darkness upon our arrival. And the greatest place that should be known is in our own home. There should be a standard in our own home. And then it should spread our neighbors should know that we live according to a standard. Why? Because they see our little children playing, playing with their children. There's a standard they abide by. Somebody say amen if you understand what I'm saying. He says subdue it. And then he says to rule over. Now he goes on to talk about the things that are non-human. Have dominion, dominion over the things that are non-human. Well, of course, sin came in. And the next thing you know, we got slavery going like it ain't no tomorrow. But we have the authority to rule. That ruling, that word rule, versus the rule over in Genesis 3.17 when he says, wives, uh, your desire is for your husband, but he shall rule over you. Those words are two different rules. The one here is a ruling, rada, which means unto God. You rule here as it brings glory to God. The other rule was a curse. Not good. Not good for man to rule like that. And so I'm saying to us, being fruitful and multiplying is just one part of it. We should be filling, subduing, and ruling every place that our feet touch. And the ruling is not about I'm in charge here. The ruling is just this. How much does light have to say to you when you're in a dark room? 
doesn't have to utter one word. You wouldn't be able to see, be one, able to say, rather, I once was blind, but now I see. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet, if you will. Let this word resonate in here. The praise team is coming. We're probably going to end a little bit different today. Some of you probably just thankful we, my God, we're going in. Listen, I want you to lose yourself if you can. It'll be beneficial for you. We're going to sing this song, Blessed Assurance. But as you're singing this song, feel free to raise your hands, feel free to close your eyes. But most important, lay your heart before God. As we always say, there are going to be people on the sidelines who will, on the sides of them, who will pray with you. But if you feel like you want to just come, you feel like you just want to be at the foot of that, it's wide open for you. Let's pray and then we will sing this song. Father God, we do thank you and give you praise. This service is yours, Lord. These people belong to you. We all belong to you in one shape, form, or fashion. And so, Lord, we ask now that you would do your work in the hearts of your people in this moment. In Jesus' name.